Welcome to the Think and Learn Smarter experience. Here I will sit down with people from all walks of life and talk with them about experiences that have shaped them. Everyone learns from their own experiences, but the best learn from the experiences of others. Now, let's get into it. No problem. Thanks for having me, Connell. So what are you getting up to these days? Are you based in Ireland or are you abroad or what's the story? Um, yeah, so I'm currently in Munich in Germany. I did applied languages in UL for the Leaving Cert and I did German as part of that. And then, yeah, long story short, I ended up here more long term. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm working away from here. Thankfully, Study Clicks has always been remote work even before the pandemic. So I was a seasoned a worker from home I suppose so thankfully when the pandemic hit that wasn't a big issue but yeah yeah it's mad how like the college course that you decided to do ended up you know deciding where you live for a few years by looks of things yeah and it's funny like because obviously I don't have that much to do with languages in my study clicks work but in terms of where I'm working from yeah it does still play a big role so I wasn't really expecting to to be doing a role that has nothing to do with my my course but Yeah, no, I didn't do German myself. I did French, but like French, I even went on French exchange, but it just wasn't for me. I didn't really enjoy doing it too much. And I was like, right, sure, it's my seventh subject. I even, I was even planning to drop the past in it just because I wasn't going to count it, but I stayed up in the end, thankfully. But yeah, so I was about to ask you like as well, how different did you find, was say, learning French in the Leaving Cert versus learning German in college? Like, was it completely different or yeah. Like, that different? Yeah, it's mad different. It's like... um it's just a shame, I suppose, the way that it's taught for leaving search because it's very much like, oh, just memorize these essays or like make sure that you know these irregular verbs and off you go. And it's never really about like, how do you have a decent conversation or like if, you know, if I had just gone to France straight away after doing my leaving search, <laughs> they would have laughed at me because I wouldn't <laughs> have been able to put together a coherent sentence. Whereas, um, you know the idea of applying applied languages you're you're applying the languages to life I suppose so they do sort of try to prepare you more for when you go abroad there's more um lessons on let's say so for each of the language you do there's also modules on culture and society so you're learning about like their history and prepping you more for like if you have to talk to natives in these countries you need to know about like the ways that they live their lives and uh, you know different things about the French people and the French culture and all that kind of stuff. So that also gives you a very good foundation to then learn the grammar and the, and the more sort of like linguistic stuff that's there. So it is it is very different. And like there's some stuff about the the college course that I didn't like either. You know that we had to do a literature module, which I hated, <laughs> and then yeah. I didn't find that useful. So you know there's always going to be bits that you like and that you don't like. But it's definitely um, the approach to learning languages in university is definitely much much better than than in secondary school, unfortunately. Yeah. In fairness, like, I think that line has to be drawn. Like you can really say studying for the Leaving Cert in like a language like Irish or French or even English as well. And like actually stu- actually studying English or Irish or French, like they're two worlds apart nearly. Like we say, even for an English or Irish, you mentioned essays, learn them off. Like in college or in regular life, if you're going to write an essay, you don't have a time limit on it really. Like you might have a few weeks or a few months. So you can actually like articulate your points. So it's a bit of a shame that's like that, but I guess there's no real fair way of doing it otherwise. So. 
Yeah, well, I, I think for me personally, and like, like I think language learning is, is really different person by person. But uh, what always what helps me loads is to just sort of get stuck in in that country and just speak to anyone I can. So that's how I kind of started in Germany. I like I was saying in first year, I was useless and I was like barely passing. And then um, I just got into Germany and I sort of just was forced to speak German with everyone because not everyone spoke English. And I just learned that way because I was sort of forced to do it. Whereas yeah, you know, in college and in in the leaving search, it's not really there's not the urgency to learn it, and it's not like constantly around you. It's 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 only you know an, an hour a day or forty minutes a day even, and you're not constantly being confronted with the language, and therefore it's much much harder to pick it up in the same speed that you would if you go to the country or if you're doing it sort of like in a full on course in university. And it's probably an impossible question to ask, but like. If you're not going to be like fully acclimatized with the language being surrounded by it, like say you're studying for the leaving cert doing French, is there any quick and you're only spending 40 minutes to an hour on a day? What sort of things should I prioritize learning, would you say, to get like quickly up to speed with the language? Um, there's a lot of different things, and I've, there's a lot of tips that I would have, but it, they are all applied to let's say different aspects. So, obviously, uh, if you want to improve your listening skills, you need to, if you want to be good at a language, you do have to sort of get this rounded holistic yeah approach to the language so you know you need to have the good ear for it you also need to be able to speak it and your writing skills need to be good as well um and i think vocab is very important but also people i think underestimate the importance of knowing let's say like conjunctions and ways to link sentences and just sort of these filler words everyone is always like i need to know these important pieces of vocab and I need to know these pieces of grammar but never like how to form them together to make an essay because if you do have the things like how to say therefore um also however those kind of things um you'll find it much easier to just be able to write an essay without having to learn it off because you just know these words and you also know the pieces of grammar and you also know the vocab and therefore it's no problem to put these things together whereas if you're depending on having to learn everything off a, you'll be a lot more nervous because, you know, if something doesn't go your way or if the prompt that you're looking for doesn't come up, you're kind of stuck. Whereas yeah. you can go in there a lot more confident if you know that you have those kind of, let's say, three building blocks. And I suppose, again, because they're three very different elements, but I think two things that I always do, did and still do, because you never stop learning languages, <laughs> I'm still learning. But um, like I, I always talk about a vocab book. Um, and how every student should have one for learning languages that anytime you come across a word that you're not that you haven't seen before that you know that would be useful for an essay or for your oral or whatever um, write it down in this book for like write down the French word and then write down the English word in a different color or something and just be constantly reviewing this what I used to do was I would like go through my whatsapp messages with my friends that I was writing in English and just try and translate in my head that into either German or French and then because for me that was like this is how I talk in real life and I want to be able to talk like this in French and German as well mm -hmm. so if I come across a word here in English that I can't translate into German or French I'm going to write that down in my revision book and I'm going to revise that every evening or whatever until I know it um, so that's that's my like number one golden tip I think for learning yeah. languages like have that revision book and just try and like anywhere you go or whatever you do in your day try and find words and like constantly be trying to translate in your head and if you get stuck then that tells you okay I need to know this word I need to note it down. 
Yeah, no, that's, uh, I have to admit, like, a lot of that stuff is kind of what I'd be thinking as well. Like, as I said, those filler words, like, because I was fairly average at French and I knew it. So I kind of had to, like, figure out what bits were the most important. So, like, as you're saying, a filler word, like, one that I always use was, as you can imagine. I can't mm -hmm. even pronounce in French now. It's like, come to Bouton Dute or something. And it's kind, of, it's kind of like slightly trickier, like conjugation as well. But when you have it in and you kind of have an idea, you'll be able to use it. It kind of solves that problem for you. But uh, with regards to that vocab book, because that was one bit that I always kind of got a bit stuck on. Because like, let's say for someone like myself, who was just like doing it to, you know, as a seventh subject, I would like, well, I wouldn't have minded being good at French. I had to figure out like how much time to invest in it per marks I was going to get. Mm -hmm. So personally, what I found was that like, while I would have like a vocab book as well for stuff I needed to know, I'd also be like, well, what are like the absolute ones that you need to like, what's like the most general or the most, the ones that come up the most often. And it's kind of like what you're saying with the WhatsApp group, because I was actually very smart. I didn't think that myself. That'd be really useful for like the oral, where if you just like looked at the last few messages you sent, you'd see the kind of words that you need to know how to conjugate. So yeah, that's definitely a good point. Yeah. And like, obviously like it, it's a bit different as well, because you don't want to use everything that you would use in your WhatsApp group with your friends because you know there might be slang or things that you don't want to technically bring into the the oral yeah. exam that's not accepted but it's more so like I'm saying the conjunctions the the connecting phrases the filler words things like that um, and there's a lot of things as well in the oral that can you know make you sound more French if you just the accent is very important obviously but you know uh, French people would always go uh between, <laughs> between words and like that would actually make you come across quite French in an oral so um there's yeah there's little things like that and you can get a good impression for things like that as well by listening to you know there's I think students that are very lucky in that there's so much content out there um compared to let's say 10 years ago you know there's a million podcasts that you can listen to Netflix shows that you can watch in French YouTubers all this kind of stuff so like for all the varying levels so you'll definitely find something within your capabilities um to help you sort of get an understanding of those things and I know it's a lot of work um it's not really a subject that you can kind of just cram or hack your way to a h1 or whatever you do kind of have to figure it out but I think like you're saying that you know the the whole thing about trying to be strategic about it to get the grade that you're looking for you can do that it just takes a bit of work and to figure out what aspects of the exam you need to focus on and then sort of adjust your studying and the things that you want to focus on. So maybe like you don't care about the listening part, you're, you're fine with getting half marks and therefore you're not going to spend your time listening to podcasts. Um, you know, so I suppose it depends on, on what you're going for and what you plan on focusing on in the exam as well, because there are these different aspects. Yeah, for sure. Like that to get a H1, you can't, there's, there's not as much you can cut out or it's like you do have to have a holistic aspect to learning for it for sure. And how, so the last, like you did your own leaving cert a few years ago and you've been helping other students in the last few years. Is there any like problems that keep coming up that you're surprised are still there, but just, you know, it seems that like a lot of students keep coming up with the same problem. Um, yeah, there's like, it's always the same stuff. Um, and it's like, I suppose that that's an important thing, even for students to know that uh, you're not alone and everyone is in the same boat and everyone has the same problems every year. Um, one thing that seems to be becoming more and more common is sort of stress and anxiety. Uh, I've noticed that that seems to just get more intense every year. So I would do like customer service with study clicks and, uh, you know, you'd get a lot of people every day just saying like, oh God, I have a test coming up. I'm so stressed or um, don't know what to do for the exams or I'm under so much pressure. And that just seems like the volume of those kind of messages does seem to increase every year. And I think, I don't know what really is the cause for that. I think it might be that 
people are more in touch with each other and therefore yeah. sort of spreading the anxiety maybe um it might also just be you know the increase in social media the more people are talking about it and then therefore making a bigger deal out of it um or maybe the exams are just getting a bit more stressful maybe the teachers are changing it. i'm not quite sure what the reason is for it but um so yeah the solution is to just try and go in there as prepared as possible and so another thing i suppose to link into that is that students a very common thing is i don't know where to start with the study i don't know what i'm doing can you make a study plan for me you know we get a lot of that kind of stuff and yeah being organized and having a plan and it it helps alleviate the stress if you know that you're in control of what you're doing and um, so mm -hmm. we would definitely always recommend you know making out a study plan either a daily one or a weekly one and have your tasks sort of set out and then in manageable chunks. So you're breaking down. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by the amount of work that there is to do, and that will cause the stress then. But if you break down everything that you have to do into small sizable chunks, and then just tick them off as you go along, you're getting this kind of satisfaction as you go, and it, it'll help alleviate the stress then. Because you can see that you're making progress. You can see that actually I'm getting this done. Actually, this is achievable, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, just kind of like sort of going back a little bit there, we were saying like you like wouldn't be fully sure where this extra stress is coming from, and I think part of it because I was talking to a girl who's working at Jigsaw now, and she's um doing psychology minute, and she's saying that this term is coming up more often these days. It's called like toxic po positivity. So mm -hmm. when people are like, "Oh, it'll be fine. It's only the leaving cert, or it's not that hard," and like that actually isn't helpful at all because it's actually quite hard, and you mightn't be fine. Like you might do as well as you want, and it's kind yeah. of like. A double paradox because by saying that it makes it seem like you don't have to work as hard but for that to be true you need to work harder so it's kind of a it can cause even more stress because it just causes a bit of confusion so exactly what you're saying like have a plan because if you're like right i'm finding this tricky but if i do x y and z i'll get what i want it's kind of a lot more like it's not gonna you know you're not gonna have a cloud lifted off your head or anything but at least you know like the right path forward so kind of exactly what you're saying yeah, and like there's no magic formula that's going to work for everyone either. Uh, you might make out a plan and still be very stressed. Um, and like you're saying, this whole toxic positivity, you know, someone coming along and saying, you know, it could be worse. You could be starving in Africa or whatever, you know, the typical mom <laughs> thing that yeah, they yeah. try to say to calm you down. That's not going to help. Um, so, yeah, it, it is tough. I think you just have to try and reach out as well to people as much as you can. Um, you know, if you have a friend group, try to talk to people about it. If I think a good thing as well is, um, and something that you can use forever, I think in life, even after the leaving cert is, if someone came to you with the same problems, like your friend, what would you give them? What yeah. what advice would you give to them? And, you know, so try to do, the, be reflective on that, I suppose, and, and, and use that on yourself. You know, okay, I'm super stressed right now. If If, if someone else came to me saying this, what advice would I give them? And then try to apply that to yourself because, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, you're like, okay, I really need to do just relax, give myself some time off, come back, reconsider this, uh, you know, go easy on myself, all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned earlier about like um, breaking things up into like bite-sized chunks. If there's like a student listening to this, who's looking at French and the Irish and the Oars are coming up pretty soon what would be like one or two bite-sized chunks that they could do that you think would make quite a big difference? And I know, as you said, everyone's different and everyone's at different levels, but the problems are still kind of similar. It just mightn't be as you know pronounced. Yeah. Um, so for, for French, I think the grammar is, is a huge thing. So some, like an example that I would always use is, you know, one thing, one item that you can do in an evening is to revise the irregular verbs. And um, 
they're crucial. You absolutely have to know them. Like they just come up all the time. Um, so that could be something that you could spend maybe 40 minutes on, you know, um, you could go over common phrases. Let's say, I, I know it's, it's always recommended or it's, it's at least looked at favorably if you can add, I'm not sure what the word is in French for it, but like a shanuckle, the, the, yeah, yeah. the French version of a shanuckle that you sort of, there's like, let's say 10 or 15 of those that you can learn off and then try to apply them to, um, to, to the essays. Having those in the back of your mind is always helpful. That's another thing that you could try and learn. Um, I think sort of keywords, I would maybe make a list. I know st well, study clicks, what we do is we have the, the topic list that comes up in French and let's say the, um, the essays that always tend to come up we have them split up um, and you can maybe go into each of them and see, let's say there's there's a topic for politics, there's a topic for sport, there's a topic for, you know, the, the, the different themes that yeah, tend to come up. Yeah. Um, so you could spend an evening learning off the key phrases or the key vocab for a sport, for example. So you're going off and you're learning the word for um, referee or, you know, all these kind of sports things. Um, so things like that. Um, it, it, it's, again, it's a bit individual, but, those are some tips, some ideas, maybe. Yeah. And would you be a proponent of, because we'll say every single subject is worth the same amount of marks, so maths worth 25 extra, but for argument's sake, um, like, would you spend a sixth of your time on each subject, or would you decide, okay, this one is worth more, sorry, this one I find harder, so I'll spend more time on it and neglect another, or what would be your thoughts on that? Um, I think it really depends on the subject. We were talking about this recently on another podcast, that um, you, like, some subjects just are more demanding and have more content in them so for example I would have done VCG and I barely studied it at all because it's just drawing you know and you're just you learn how to draw the things in class and that's it you don't really have to spend any more time out of it or time on it outside of the classroom whereas home ec which I also did is huge and there's so much you have to learn and you have to learn the percentages and the RDAs and all this kind of crazy stuff so like you have to spend loads of time um so I don't think, like, I think, yes, they still all deserve equal marks because they're different skills that you're applying. Um, one might argue that DCG are more, you know, they're more practical skills because you're not just using your rote learning, you're actually learning how to do this practical thing. Um, but it's up to the student, you know, like, again, let's say if I had, I was lucky enough to do well in DCG and I, it all made sense to me, all the drawings, whereas another student could be in a completely opposite boat where they just have no idea why you're drawing a line here. Why are you putting this here? And therefore they need to spend maybe an extra five hours at the weekend going over videos, trying to figure it out. So it's, it's not necessarily like just because I say it's easy, it doesn't mean that someone else doesn't have to spend a lot of time on it. You know, everyone is so different. And I remember like friends in school, when I was going to school with them, like, let's say they would have come on, come into school on Monday being like, Oh my God, I spent all day Saturday looking at this. And I was like, Jesus, I, I would never spend more than an hour on it and we'd probably get on the exact same. And it's, you know, it's, that's not me boasting. I mean, I got, I'm so smart. It's just like different brains need different ways of learning things in and like need to spend different times. And, you know, it, it's just, it's just the way it is. And like what works for me won't work for everyone else. So I, I think it, a very important thing as well is just figuring out how you learn and finding the best study method for you that, that means that you're not wasting loads of time trying to figure stuff out, you know, it might be that you prefer watching videos or you prefer reading something or you prefer, I don't know, chatting about it with a friend. Sometimes like teaching it to someone else helps a lot. You know, it's, 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 again, it's, it's hard to give advice because it is so individual. Mm -hmm. No, I think you're, you're bang on there with like, it's all, it's very individual and that 
what works for someone won't work for someone else. But I do think the thing that's universal is the ability to prioritize. Like maybe, for example, it might have taken you an hour because you knew what you're doing or you had an idea of what you want to get out of it. Whereas, I don't know, I don't know for sure, but maybe your friend found it a little bit harder to know exactly what shit to do. And that might have caused right. a bit of the time. But that being said, like there's also like, was like intellect involved and just a lot of other va- like variables as well. But definitely like to know like what to prioritize. Like say, for example, uh, someone's there trying to study French. Like, what am I going to do tonight? They straight away said irregular verbs. And like once you knew that, you could go and kind of nail them out because there is only a set amount of irregular verbs at least. So you know that once you've got them nailed, you're kind of, that you know, you finish that task. Yeah. And I suppose what, what you prioritize also is going to depend on the time of year. Um, yeah, Most of the time, you can only prioritize what's coming up next week because your teachers are always throwing assignments or tests at you. So you have to just prioritize what's coming up in that test or what's coming up in, uh, you know, if it's around the mocks, then you're just prioritizing the mocks or whatever it might be. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it just depends as well. You know, I think students most of the time are just flat out with homework and upcoming stuff that they it is hard to find the time then to just prioritize anything else other than the immediate assignments and tests that are coming up but whenever they do get the time to sort of prioritize themselves what they want to focus on yeah um the weakest stuff I suppose I think what finding your gaps finding gaps in your knowledge and I suppose the way to find gaps in your knowledge is to go on study clicks for example and then you could look because you have all the past questions and the past papers there you can immediately assess yourself and test yourself and see straight away, okay, I actually wouldn't be able to answer that question in an exam. Therefore, there is a gap. I'm going to go learn that. And that's what you prioritize. Always try to prioritize where your weak points are. And, you know, as soon as you fix all those weak points, you're on the road to glory, basically. Absolutely, yeah. That study clicks, um, like, part of it is really helpful as well with the past papers because you can just bang out five or six in a row and it's just yeah. right there for you. And Super as I said, it's like, it's brutally honest like if you can't do a question you can't do a question it's not like you're doing one from the textbook and you can just look back like a few sentences and you see the answer yeah it's a very good indication of how you get on in the exam because it's you know as we all know the the papers are very repetitive it's the same stuff that comes up again and again so if you can answer those questions on study clicks you can do fine in the exam you know yeah and how much weight did you put on like we'll say um say for example irish like we'll say the prose filio to literature brushes were like 16 percent whereas the orals were at 40. So when you're studying Irish, I know you're saying that like clearly that 16.67 is harder than the 40%, but would you spend like two times as much time on the oral or like would you would you even consider like breaking up your study based on marks going first or what would be your thoughts? Um, I'm trying to think back on what I did. I think I only really focused on the oral like a month or two before it was happening and otherwise we would have maybe just had like a couple of core all classes and that that's the time we would have spent on it otherwise or we would have been doing ongoing stuff in the shop tour, i suppose but um i think it's it, it's something that just tends to happen with irish so we we actually did a podcast last week with an irish teacher and a state examiner and she was telling us that um yeah, I can't remember now the, the the marks or the stats you were giving there but something like the, the filiate part of the written paper is only worth 30 marks or something like that yeah. is it and then the filiate or like the poem reading part of the oral is worth more than that isn't it it's like 40 or do you know these marks? Marks, yeah. Or, yeah so but like you spend no time at all on that one whereas you do spend loads of time on the written one um i yeah i think it's like there's no there's not even a solution to it it's just something that everyone does and i think it's something that like students can't really avoid because teachers tend to also um just spend more time on it um and it, maybe it's, i think it's more 
a flaw in the marking scheme than it is an issue for students to deal with because there should be more marks given to the written one, you know, because it is a lot more, in my opinion, it's a lot more like intellectually challenging to write an essay and to come up with the vocab and to like give your opinion all at once versus reading out a poem that you see on the paper in front of you. you no, know, yeah. I think it's, I don't think it's wrong for students to put more time into the written one, even though it's less marks than what you're getting in the oral. I think it's, it's just a flaw in the marking system. I wouldn't spend less time on it just because it's not worth as much marks. I still think it's worth putting in the effort um, and making sure that you can get the best marks. The, like the Irish is actually a hard one to get high marks in. They are real sticklers for grammar and things like that. So, you know, you're probably not going to lose that much marks on the content in those kind of questions, but you can always, always, always be improving your grammar and making sure that you have your tissue again up right and you have your tenses right. So that is something you can constantly be spending time on. And I never think that's a waste of time. Like even if we're talking just 30 marks, that stuff is applied to all aspects. And you know, it might seem like, okay, I'm spending so much time studying for this particular thing, but by studying for that particular thing, you're also improving your skills for the essay writing, uh, for the composition, you're also improving um, your skills and preparing yourself for the oral. So it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a waste of time. Like I said, I think it's just, it's, it's more that the marking scheme is wrong in my opinion. Like there shouldn't be as many marks going for that oral bit. Uh, it's funny though because personally like I, I actually think the market scheme is more on the right track it's just that like it's kind of ingrained in teaching that we have to learn the poetry the prose and the fill out whereas now I don't know the fellow who designed Irish paper but from what it seems like he's trying to give a hint to the teachers to look at can you focus on the oral a bit more and get them talking because that's kind of what they're meant to be doing do you know what I mean so, yeah yeah I and like I, well, I suppose I, I have a big issue with that and the way Irish is taught generally in the whole world like yeah. this is a big issue i had in, in university as well that like there was very little emphasis put on speaking the language mm -hmm. um and that just seems to be everywhere you know it starts at the leaving cert and then it continues people just like spend ages and ages going on about the grammar whereas if we're talking about sort of like real life people speaking irish no one cares no one cares yeah. about the grammar it's fine like just people are delighted to hear other people speaking Irish, you know, it's almost a lost tongue. We're finally getting it back a bit. Like people should just be excited and motivating people to want to speak it. And that's not being seen at all. Um, but that's more politics than it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I hundred percent agree with you. There should be more emphasis put on the core. Like I think more than putting more marks on reading out a poem, you should maybe put more emphasis on like the core of exactly, it to, yeah. to encourage people exactly. to want to speak it in a conversational way. But yeah. That's just probably not something we can change in. No, not at all. I always imagine in my head the fellows, like whoever designed the leaving cert, just wrecking his head, like how much more can he do? Like he's making four percent for the oral, and there, it's still being, there's, you know, the poetry is still being like, like pressed down the, you know, the throat of students essentially. Yeah. But how did you find in general? Like I kind of kind of touched touched on the fact that like you wouldn't split up your time like a six to six to six because like certain areas would take more time like. Tef, tef, or DCG for you was very quick, whereas some other subjects you might have found harder. How so? And you were saying that you kind of you went on what was your weakest parts, but did you like do that per subject as well, or was it just specifically inside a subject? Um, let me think. I think my weakest subjects were maths and English, um, and those were the ones I spent most time on. Then, yeah, I think I probably did spend the most time on the ones that I was weakest at. And I don't think I regret that either. I think that made sense. Um, as long as you're kind of conscious of what you're doing, 
I, I think you always need to sort of check in with yourself and make sure that you're not missing out mm-hmm. in other subjects that you are like that I'm not like obsessed with this one English essay and spending all my time on it that I that I am remembering oh actually I have a biology test next week I should also look a bit at this um that you're just constantly reviewing your six seven eight subjects and saying how am I doing in this how am I doing in this um and not to constantly be plugging study clicks but we have um we have a quizzes tool that's actually quite helpful for that so you can kind of take little quizzes um in the different subjects and see your percentage like what you're getting in each of the topics so that's a good way of checking for example um if you're only getting let's say 50 percent in a quiz in volcanoes in geography then you know to like if you find that you're spending too much time on your English essay because you feel like you need to focus on that more, you can come back and study kind of clicks and sort of check your progress and say, okay, actually, you know, this is still not doing great. It's time to come and, and spend a bit more time on this. And I know it's really hard. Like it's very easy for me to just spout all, all of this off now. Yeah, but at right. the moment, obviously there's so much to do and it's really hard to keep on top of it. But again, this is kind of where the plan comes in where you can write down on a piece of paper. You can sort of stop yourself, I suppose. Like if you use if you're strict with your timing and you say, okay, I do know that like I'm weaker in English and I need to spend a bit of time in English, but I'm going to cut myself off at two o'clock and start on something else. It's a good way of, you know, you can be sort of mathematical about it, I suppose, when you're making your plan, if you want to spend the first hour of your study, just like laying everything out and saying, okay, English and maths are my weaker ones. Therefore I'm going to maybe spend 50% of my time today on those, but the other 50% then is going to be, an amalgamation of the other four or five subjects and then represent that in your study plans you know you're spending if you're doing eight hours of study which i personally think is too much you shouldn't be doing eight hours of study but let's say you're doing eight hours of study you know that the first four hours are just going to be your english and maths and then you spend the other four splitting it up like an hour between them or whatever you know what i mean that you can kind of Definitely. i think it's, it's worthwhile maybe spending an hour in advance of your study um just planning it all out and making sure that you're sticking to the different subjects and that you're not spending way too much time because you'll just sort of I think a lot of people then will get or I definitely would have at least felt maybe guilty or I would have been hard on myself if I found myself going over time in one subject and being like oh god now I feel bad because I didn't get the time spent in that other subject so um being sort of strict with yourself and making sure that you have everything planned out in advance will save you from being regretful in the future yeah and again, you've kind of spoofed on or meant on there about like time managers and all that. What so when you're making your plan, because one thing I always try to do is figure out what what parts, what am I getting the most like time input per mark output? So what would be like the areas of study that you'd say, okay, that isn't that isn't generating that much, that many marks for me relative to how much time to put in. Like an example could be, I don't know, um, you could learn off for kind of an obscure essay for Irish that probably isn't going to come up and that's a few hours gone in your day. So what like what are like the key bits that you see students doing constantly that probably isn't that beneficial in that regard mm, that's a good one like I <laughs> so I think you you're a way more strategic about it than I would have been um I don't think I ever really came at it from a Marx point of view I was more of a perfectionist and I just wanted to know everything yeah. <laughs> so I didn't yeah, care yeah, I was yeah. just like I just need to know this mm-hmm. um so yeah so your question is like what bits can people spend less time on as in like if you've only got an hour to spend on english mm-hmm. and you've got five options to spend doing that hour what yeah. two or three will you pick if, do, do you know what i mean like or even just yeah. like maybe yeah. something that you found in study that like uh like i'm spending ages doing this but i don't really know much i don't really know anything extra afterwards or was there anything in particular um that's a really good question <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I used to get really frustrated in English with the essays because, you know, you'd spend like an hour just writing out an intro. And I think what I would have, what advice I would have given myself back then is to just stop if you find mm-hmm. that you're not. Because I think you have to sort of be in a in a particular mindset to do these things sometimes. And sometimes there's no avoiding it. Like, you know, your, your assignment might be tomorrow and you just don't have time to say, okay, I'm not going to do it because um, mm-hmm. you have to do it. But if, if you do have the luxury of, let's say, like, you know, doing it the, the following day or something, I think it is always important to try and listen to your brain. And, and you know, if something isn't going in or you find that you're wasting your time on something because it's just not clicking with you that day, um, it's important to just stop and, and go and do something else. Because like I was saying earlier, you'll regret if you spent too much time on something that at the end of the hour you haven't gained anything from it you're better off like switch into something else and i think if i could go back and do it again i probably would go more about your approach to try and look at it from a marks point of view and say okay well you know the, the composition is worth what is it 100 marks i think 100 marks, yeah, um so yeah i'm going to spend a lot of time on this whereas let's say is the unseen poetry is only worth 15 or something yeah, yeah. It's tiny, you know. So obviously, I'm not going to spend loads of time on that. Um, again, I didn't. That isn't something I did, but it's definitely a smart way to do it. I think, um, especially if you're someone who doesn't really know how to manage your time. Again, I was lucky enough to not be under too much pressure back when I was doing it. Like I just look. I never really <laughs> got under too much time pressure, and that's a, a great privilege. I realize that that like uh, some people and you know other people have other responsibilities they might have to mind their younger siblings and things like that this again it's all very individual but yeah if you do feel like you're under time pressure i think your your approach with the marks makes a lot more sense than my approach to just <laughs> do whatever you yeah. feel like i was been thinking that quite a lot because even when i was in fifth year i was always tempted like 65 sounds great and i like in fairness that's normally what you'd be hoping to get and it's interesting because certain like it really depends on how you view the leaving cert. Like, say, for example, yourself, you touched on that you're more of a perfectionist. So when you've got an exam, you want to get a H1, and it's as simple as that because you, you take pride in doing as good as, as well as you can. Uh, for some other people, like for myself, the way I saw the leaving cert was it was a means to an end to get to college. So I was right. thinking in my head, right, what do I need to do? Okay, what? Do, how can I do this in the most time-effective manner? Okay, here we go. So it's kind of like... Neither way is wrong, or well, arguably, but both, both ways are right if you execute both of them. But it's more the fact of what is your like, what what do you perceive them to leave insert to be? So, is it a challenge or is it a chore, essentially? And uh, yeah. it's probably not a nice way of putting it, but that's kind of the way I saw it at least. Like for example, remember my sister? She'd be two years younger than me. Um, she did a true Irish, and she was like yourself, perfectionist. I wanted to get full marks, and she went out, and I'll never forget. Like I was there on the friday before my leaving cert started on a wednesday and she was doing the leaving cert the year after and she was doing more study than i was that day and i was just like my mum was giving me daggers as well and like <laughs> it it really just depends on what you're going for kind of like kind of what i'm saying yeah and everyone is so different i think the majority of students would be more like you that um you know you're just trying to get the points for for the college course that you're looking for again i was lucky that my college course was way lower than I was sort of averaging at so I knew that I didn't have that pressure on me and um, which again I know is a huge luxury so I, I think most people wouldn't really be in the same wouldn't have the same privilege that I had Um, there'd be more like like you were saying that you have to look for you're just aiming for those points so that you can get into your dream course and that's I'd say yeah 90% of the students and therefore you do have to be more strategic about it and use your 
wonderful times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In fairness, like with study clicks, what you have is like absolutely brilliant notes. Like if you wanted to know how to have a H1 level answer in Seamus Senior, whatnot, you have it right there. I just feel like in, like this is just a general thing that like there could, there's also like seven other H1 level answers for Seamus Heaney and it can be sometimes kind of hard to know what to take. And um, I personally, I feel that's one of the big issues. Like kind of what I was asking you there earlier about English, like what are you going to do for that hour? Like it's kind of about time prioritization where like you need to kind of figure out, okay, I need to do this to get that. Whereas like when you have so much information presented to you, it can be kind of overwhelming nearly. It's like a data dump. So that's kind of what I was kind of proding out there. If you had any like tips for like deciding what information to use or what information to discard. Yeah. Okay. In English specifically or? Uh, any any subject, any tips that could help in the leaving search essentially. Yeah, well, I know for, for home ec, for example, like there's in most of now it's not applicable for every subject, but, um, you know, this in most subjects, there are like electives, let's say, or things that you don't necessarily have to learn. For example, you know, the, you could risk it in English and just choose to study, let's say, three poets and hope that one of them comes up. Um, I think this year, because of the adjustments made, um, to the leaving cert, you actually only have to study four instead of five, so that's nice for any English yeah. uh, leaving cert. And like in home ec, for example, you you have to learn, let's say, uh, the process of cheese or how to make cheese. <laughs> and uh, if you look at the marking scheme, you'll see that you only they always just like say except for relevant marks. Whereas like the process of cheese has eight steps. You know, you you add the reddit, you mix it, whatever it might be. I forget what yeah. it is now, but. Um, in the ranking scheme, as long as you have four, it's fine. So like you you don't have to go and learn the eight that are in the book, just learn four. So I think um, I don't have a lot of like concrete examples for specific things in the different subjects, but I think the marking scheme is really your friend there. Like get really, really familiar with the marking scheme. And I think that's probably what you're all about as well. Like just really understanding the marking scheme and what the marks are going for and learn what you do and don't need to do so that you can cut time out of things like that so that you're not going oh my god i need to learn this like from page one to 200 yeah. or whatever it might be that you're just going okay i know from this chapter i actually only need to know four points on photosynthesis or whatever it might be you know that's like um again it's different for every subject but in, in most subjects there are like corners that you can cut once you know the marking scheme and what the marking scheme tends to look for and then you're yeah. not wasting your time learning everything but uh no you're dead right about like kind of figuring out what you need to know like the market scheme is your friend because as you said it earlier that like the leaving cert is kind of predictable and they asked a similar sort of question so i do feel like by having like a strong knowledge of what they normally ask you can kind of figure out like what specific parts of study to look at like um, i'm trying to think of an example top of my head like even english for example the english que english poetry question is always a combination of um how how does the poet use team language and style to express their views it's just that question every single time so when you're doing your study every single second you spend of English. Now, this is coming from like my perspective where it's like, okay, I want to get a certain mark in English. If you're doing English because you want to actually understand poetry, that's a whole different ballgame. But if you're just looking at the points of, okay, I need um, I need 50 marks out of 60 here, or 50 marks out of 70 it would be. And so what you do is you just think in your head, right, do I understand the team language and poetic techniques used by this poet? Yes, perfect. Can I move on? No, which one? Like that. Like, that kind of way is uh, like the approach that I'd have at least anyway. But, and then one other thing I was going to ask as well is if you had to like, cause they, they only have like three or four three months now at this stage, if you're in sixth year, what sort of things would you say they should prioritize their, their time 
on now? Like, I know it depends on the subject, but what would you be saying for them to do? Just purely past papers, or what do you think? Um, yeah, past papers are really, really important at this time of year. Um, if you have finished the course, I suppose, um, there will be definitely some subjects, and especially now because of the pandemic, you know, they're catching up on stuff that they would have missed out on if they had had the class time. But um, so, yeah, in some cases, they might still just be catching up on on the rest of the course, but past papers, past papers, past papers over and over again. Um, the quiz to, tool that I was uh, recommending there on StudyClicks as well. Um, take as many of those as you can to, and you know, if 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 I were doing my leave insert, I'd just be taking those and making sure that I'm, again, if, if you're like the H1 student who wants to perfect everything, then I would just keep doing those until I have 100% and know that in, in every single topic and every single subject. Um, yeah. If you're less of, if you're just kind of trying to aim for, but again, this is good because you, you can see your percentage. So if you know that you just want H three or whatever, then you just keep going until you get your eighty percent in each subject. You know, again, you can kind of you can track your progress that way and just see how you're doing in each of those. So I would definitely use that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think past papers. It, it's just simple as that. Simple as that. There's, <laughs> there's not much more I can say. Again, just keep trying to identify the gaps. But like I was saying before, you do that with the past papers. If you do find those gaps and you're like, oh God, I've only three months, what do I do with all these gaps? Then um, marking schemes, use the marking schemes as much as possible to see can just reading those and learning the answer fill those gaps. If in some subjects you need a bit more than the marking scheme, let's say English, the marking schemes are fairly useless. Um, so you you would use things like sample answers again on study clicks we've loads of them we've kind of video breakdowns to tell you how to get a certain mark um you can talk to your teacher i know that's not possible for everyone not everyone these teachers are as willing to talk to the students as yeah, others yeah. but um, yeah just tr try to identify all of your weak points and get them up to scratch while you still have the time and use the past papers to do that i think yeah mm -hmm. and this might seem like a strange question but say for example a student says 30 minutes to spend on study clicks what should they spend their time like what tools are the like what's the best tool in study clicks to say uh, it so depends on what they're looking for um like, yeah again i think i have to say past papers i think like it's it's the like the crux of study clicks is the past papers it's what we started on it's what still like everyone uses the most um because it just saves time you know uh instead of having to go into examining study and like try and find the relevant question you're just yeah. you're streamlining your whole study process because you know if if you tend not to do more than one topic at a time you know so if you're doing the breathing system and biology then you just go in and you do all your questions if you have half an hour and you've just studied the breathing system or you know that you want to study the breathing system all you have to do is click into that topic and click 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 see show the marking scheme have i got it right have i got it not or you know there's uh it's can't get much easier yeah. than that and is there any because you're still working with fix now so is there any tool that you'd be like oh geez we'd love to be able to bring that to the students or is there anything you can think of like i know again you don't have to complicate too much it's past papers and they're the same for the last 10 years but is there any like feature you'd be thinking of adding or um well we have a couple of things uh, underway which i won't divulge just yet but um yeah what like we would if you had like a magic like, wand it yeah so magic wand well what's what do students ask for students are always looking for maybe like a chat service i think students to make study clicks maybe a more social media thing i think students like being able to share experiences which i also think is a great thing like it that wouldn't have really been prevalent back when i was doing the leaving search that you could talk to other people 
from across the country and get like their experiences and figure like you're just stuck with your own study group at school yeah, and like yeah. those experiences and then I find that like uh, from working with study clicks for a long time that you know the people experience it so differently and like some people put so much effort into it where it's like in my school there wasn't as much effort put into it or there wasn't as much effort put on the leaving certain general like we were a small kind of country school whereas and it was almost sort of like embarrassing to study you know it was yeah. like oh you're such a swat if you study <laughs> where it's like and then i'm uh, you know i would have gone on study clicks and seen that like oh this person is like openly talking about how much their studies are doing isn't that great you know and um i think like that yeah the community the sense of community and like that has grown so much in the last couple of years as well like you see these study grams on instagram loads of people setting up study accounts and um, it seems to be a lot more of a communal experience that you can kind of do with loads of people and share your tips and share your experiences, which I think is a very positive thing. Mm -hmm. No, like that's one of the reasons why I set up this like podcast wing, you could say, because I think people need to remember that everyone, apart from 2020, I guess, has sat to leave insert mm -hmm. uh, in Ireland and they've all gone through similar experiences. And it's just great to hear people like yourself, because clearly you like essentially ace to leave insert, you've done it. And now you're like essentially telling students what, how to do it again yourself. So just thanks a million for coming on. Appreciate it a lot. No problem. Uh, I hope it was helpful. Ah, no, for sure, definitely. Like there's some things in there, like even as I said, the WhatsApp message, like that seems like such a simple thing. And like there's plenty of stuff you shouldn't be saying that'll be on on those messages. But like just that idea as well, like that, that's brilliant. I never thought of that myself, even when it's doing the link for night. And like we, so like there'd be a lot of little tips and tricks like that in our guides that we've written on our blog page. And I think you also have like little hints and tips like and like that in your, um, the breakdowns yeah. that you've done for the subjects as well. So I think those things are really helpful for students as well when they can get insights into what other people do. And um, so definitely check out the the ones on StudyClicks, but also the ones on your website. Um, I think like it, it's really insightful to get stuff like that if you are sort of wondering what are the best ways to go about these subjects. Those are like not necessarily like what you should study, but more so how exactly you yeah study. Mm -hmm, for sure. Anyway, thanks a million again, Emer. Appreciate it a lot. No uh, That's the end of another episode. I hope you've taken something away from this and I'll catch you in the next one. Until then, good luck.